Are you here? <laughs> yes, you are. You're listening to the Paul Esley Hour. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to our interview with Clint Black, one of country music's all-time greats. Since Clint Black's first album, Killin' Time, came out in 1989, he's been making folks happy with his performances and recordings ever since. In this interview, Clint Black will be telling you about his recollections of his friend, the late, great Jimmy Buffett. Plus, a little bit more. Hey, before we begin, won't you please subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel? And if you don't mind, like the Paul Leslie Hour on Facebook. Yeah, you could do that. Okay, I'm ready to hear from Clint Black. How about you? Hello, hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Clint, how are you, sir? Good. I'm home. I'm out of the road routine for a while. Cooking home-cooked food instead of takeout on the road. (laughs) (laughs) So it's good. Great always to be in your own bed. Yeah, and it doesn't move. Yeah. (laughs) It's very much an honor to be talking to an icon in American music. Thank you so much for talking with us. Well, please, thank you. We're talking about Jimmy today, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah. It was so abundantly clear that he meant something to you. And can you tell us a little bit about the first time that you met the man? Well, the reason for the first time I met him, I can proceed that with jamming at Copper Mountain after a show, sitting around playing songs with the Dirt Band. And I probably did a few more Buffett songs than usual. They finally said, you know, we're going to tell him you're a parrot head. (laughs) So next thing I know, my manager is calling me and says, uh, you've been invited to do a show with Jimmy Buffett in Mobile at Ladd Stadium. So it was me, Little Feet, and Jimmy Buffett. And so I got there, met Jimmy, and course you know he's you know an idol to me and so i was just telling him probably you know how many songs of his i sang in the bars and he said well you know we we have to get up when i do my acoustic set and sing some with me so along with doing the show i got to sit in with jimmy and i knew all of his melodies so well that you know, anytime he was singing something that called for a harmony, I knew where the harmony was. And actually, because I sang the melody so many times. And I remember at one point he looked over at me like, yeah, you know these songs. And so it was a big thrill to to hold my own, you know, with Jimmy. And I was still brand new. So I hadn't really fully developed as an artist or performer. So I was mightily pleased to be doing that with him and to get some kind of a a look of approval from Jimmy. So we stayed in touch after that. We wrote a song together, and and I ended up touring with him one summer. And one of the great, one of the greater things about him is as a new guy in the business who didn't know how it all worked, he would. Uh, I'm going to let a dog out of here. Excuse the noise. <laughs> okay. He would let me 
call him from time to time and pick his brain and learn things and sort of uh, mentoring, you know, just on some phone calls. Can you remember any of the advice? I, I know you said on News Nation that you talked to him one time for two hours. Was there anything that you remember as being especially insightful? Well, I don't I don't know if there was anything in particular, you know. He kind of told me how he did things and what he expected from his, you know, the economics of his touring, which really, you know, I couldn't apply it to the economics of my touring, not being where he was. But, you know, I think it was just an overall sense of what the artist's place is and and how to successfully benefit from the people around you and and kind of you know one of the things was you know what percentage of the gross do you net and 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 you can kind of look at at that to determine if you're you know anybody's really wasting money or you know just just how you're doing in terms of you know what you're spending what you're taking in you mentioned a moment ago that song you all co-wrote happiness alone and it's yeah an interesting story song what was he like to write with he was great you know brilliant you know i've written with writers over the years who were better at one thing than the other maybe better lyricists than melodists and or vice versa or maybe they we're especially good at the overview and story and, and backstory and that type of thing. Jimmy is one of those guys who had it all. So it, it was, it was a short process only interrupted while he had to step out into the lobby and try to save the manatees. And it was a TV crew, you know, I just need to step out here and give him a sound bite, you know, to help the cause. So. So he stepped out, and then he stepped back in. We were riding it as at an office on Music Row in the Wealth Building. So I just went by there one day, and we made quick work of it. You know, it was Jimmy. We all we all felt like we knew Jimmy through his music and later his books. And we did. We did know him because that's, that's who he was, what he wrote about him. The stories he told, you know, it, that's who he was. So, as you can imagine, being around him was fun. And he's really smart. He was a brilliant guy. And, you know, it was just, it was as much fun as as any parrothead would imagine. <laughs> You've even compared him to Mark Twain, which I'm sure Jimmy would have been very flattered. Mark Twain was one of his heroes. What gave you that kind of insight? Well, I'm probably not the only one who said that, as so many of us knew what he thought of Mark Twain. So I, I knew it. I knew just from interviews or his books, you know. So it was a natural place for my brain to go, thinking about Jimmy. He was an adventurer, you know. He he wasn't going to be content to follow the beaten path. He was going to go, you know, off on his own and, and find and discover and have experiences. You know, I think he knew that the best way to 
be a writer is to go have experiences to write about. So, you know, I, you know, to me, he, he meant more than Mark Twain meant to me. So I think more highly of his, his writing than Twain. Well, one American that I think we could put in the same group in terms of great writers with Twain would be Hank Williams. And you, Clint Black, Toby Keith, Alan Jackson, Kenny Chesney, George Strait, I almost missed one, boy. <laughs> you guys, this was one of the greatest tracks on Jimmy Buffett's album, License to Chill, when you all sang, Hey, Good Looking. It was just magical. Can you remember making that magic happen? Yeah, I went down to Key West and hung out down there for a couple of days and, and recorded that and Conky Tonkin. You know, it was hanging out with Jimmy and Key West. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, okay, you know, you can hang with Jimmy anywhere and love it, but hanging with Jimmy and Key West and going to his favorite restaurant, you know, the studio, the studio experience was, you know, it was great, but it wasn't, as, it wasn't like going with Jimmy to his favorite restaurant, you know, that to me was a highlight and, but, you know, recording that song, those songs, that little, little, uh, mailboat studio, that was just easy. It was easy. You know, it was no pressure. You know, I've, I've, I've worked in only a few situations where it wasn't relaxed enough, quite, you know, and, you know, it's, I guess you can guess. If I didn't tell you that, that's not the way it was with Jimmy hmm. and Mac Mac and all those those guys. You know, it's just just a pleasure, a joy. Real easy. The work got done pretty quickly because in that kind of environment, it just will just come together quickly. What you're saying is a good reminder to everybody because sometimes when we see the star on stage or when we listen to them on the radio. We forget that they're music fans, too. You know, the, the other night you were talking at the Bluebird about meeting Willie Nelson and, you know, going to eat a meal with Jimmy Buffett, probably at Louie's Backyard, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. You seem like you're you're just as much a fan as, as the people in the audience. Yeah, and still, and I don't get jaded about that. You know, I... uh you know, I have learned over the years to be cool, you know, and don't put anyone up so high that you make them feel weird. Hmm. So being around people I'm a big fan of, I've done it the wrong way before, you know, and hmm. probably made somebody uncomfortable. I was too, I was too big a fan. And nobody can relax around that, you know, it's, it's, it's white hot. And so, you know, I, I'll always, if somebody comes up walking next to me in an airport and they're really excited about it, you know, I'll, you know, get them to walk with me and try to get them to relax. So you have an actual normal experience. So I've, I've learned over the years to, to be that guy and it makes it a lot more enjoyable for, for me, and a lot easier for them to be around someone who's a huge fan. 
Good advice if if we see Clint Black backstage or at the airport. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's like, I, I mean, there are probably a few people out there who don't want to feel normal. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm not one of them, you know. Like, normal is great. I like people. So, if, you know, if there's a normal encounter to be had, you know, I, I always feel like, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I also understand. I mean, there are people who've never met a single famous person in their life, and then they run into you, you know, and so they, they have no experience with that. So I take, try to take it all into account. Well, I want to just remind my audience about the 35th anniversary of Killin' Time. Very exciting. That album has really endured, and you're going to be hitting the road next year yeah we're going to be we're going to be in the u.s and canada and we're going to start the show with the very first song on killing time and play in sequence the entire album and then continue on with as many more hits as we can squeeze into the show before everyone needs to go to the restroom <laughs> and we're excited we've been already on tour all this year and we've we've pulled a song in and out of the show songs that we don't normally do album cuts and like winding down or straight from the factory. So we've been working them up on the road, woodshedding at sound check. And then we'll bring some of them into this show and the next one and next show it goes out and another one comes in so that we're, you know, we're comfortable with the songs and, We'll get to February of next year, and we'll kick it all off with three nights at the Ryman. We're excited. I, I haven't seen the band this excited since Lisa and Lily started touring with us. You know, we do that every year now. We'll do that again in uh, late January, early February. So three of the seven guys, including myself, three out of the seven of us played on that album. You know, my bass player, my lead guitarist. So we're going back and, and remembering what we played on the songs we haven't played in 30 years or more. It's like a family experience. Yeah, it, we are a family on the road. When you get great people, you, you hang on to them. And so, you know, half the band almost has been with me for over 35 years. And the rest of the guys, one of them's new, but he's my cousin. And then the uh, and the drummer's fairly new. And the rest of the guys have been with me for, you know, seven to ten years. So we we are like a family. The crew, too. I've got guys who've been with me for 30 years or more. Wow. Yeah. What is the best thing about being Clint Black? Well, the first thing I thought of was my daughter, Lily. Being her dad is the best thing about being me and being Lisa's husband. Very lucky. We have a tight family. We like being around each other. COVID didn't, didn't put any kind of strain on us and, you know, being locked up together. So that's, that's the best thing. And the other best thing is that I have fans who have continue to stick with me so that I can go out and play and and play in venues I like to play. I play mostly evening with shows and nice two to four thousand seat theaters 
which makes it an intimate show, and I can share little stories here and there. Just just being able to do that, that was my dream. I didn't I didn't want to be bigger than anybody else. I didn't I, I wanted to be able to do this for the rest of my life. So so that's it. Lucky to have a great family and do it the way I do. Do you have any any parting words for anyone who's reading or listening? Well, you know, again, I'll go with my knee-jerk reaction. Uh, reaction. This is a time to make an extra effort to be kind. A lot of people suffer over the holidays. A lot of people struggling mentally, and there's 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 plenty of ugliness to go around on the, on the social media. People who feel emboldened to be cruel. You know, you you don't know what kind of battles people are fighting out there, and so, you know, be one of the be one of the kind people. Great reminder. Well, Clint Black, thank you so much. It's it's such an honor to talk to you, and thank you, Maureen. It's an honor. Yeah, <laughs> she's wonderful. Another person I've worked with for decades now. Wow. But uh, thank you. I enjoyed this, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. You too. I don't. I don't think this will air before Thanksgiving, will it? Yeah, I, I work pretty fast. This will be up, God willing, on Wednesday. So I wanted to get it out to people. Oh, great! For Thanksgiving. That's great. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Absolutely. And hope you hope you're surrounded with people you love. <laughs> and now I can say, in addition to all the other many blessings of family and food. I got to interview Clint Black. (laughs) Well, the honor is mine. I appreciate it. All right, sir. Until next time. Take care, Paul. All right. God bless. You too. Bye-bye. See you. We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of the Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Primerano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good.